Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at fccwarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com. Awesome to be here with you today. This is fun to be outside and be a part of this, isn't it? Thank you, all of you who, again, were part of Vacation Bible School this last week. Uh, we averaged 75 children here each day, I think around 60 or so workers. Uh, there were two people that we know of for sure. One young man who was part of Vacation Bible School that came up to us and said, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus Christ and I would like to be baptized. And so his family is going to be talking to him. And. Uh, doing some Bible study with him together and preparing for his baptism. And then one of our volunteers that was here this last week, he approached me and said, I, I am ready to fully surrender my life to Jesus and be baptized. And so we're going to be baptizing Dylan Wilkie next Sunday indoors. So congratulations, Dylan. I know you're under the tent here somewhere. Congratulations to you. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm not going to speak for super long this morning, but I just wanted to continue the series that we started from Proverbs a couple weeks ago, our summer series. And you'll see the verse, if you have one of the bulletins or worship folders there with you, you'll see the verse that we're kind of going to zero in on today related to family from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. I looked this morning on my phone before I came here to see what the latest Powerball and um, Lucky or Mega Millions uh, prize jackpots were, not because I play, I don't, but I was curious for what the, the totals would be for the jackpots. Uh, in case you haven't looked, Powerball rolled over over the weekend, nobody won, $63 million is the next jackpot. Mega Millions, nobody won Friday night on that, next jackpot rolls over to be approximately $40 million. I moved here from Illinois where the, the lottery slogan was, you can't win if you don't play. Um, did you know that when you have six balls or when you're choosing six numbers out of a total of 49 digits, you have a chance of one in 14 million of getting that correct, right? So I think the slogan for the lottery should actually be instead of if you, if you, you don't win if you don't play, I think their slogan should actually be you will be way more wealthy over time, over time, like 14 million times more likely to be richer if you don't buy a ticket than if you do. Because the odds are so stacked against you, 14 million times more likely that you will waste that money than you will actually win something. But I think some people just find it thrilling to think they can beat the odds. Like, I'm going to be the one that does it. And once in a while it happens. Well, there's an area where we definitely should never play against the odds or take chances. And that's in the spiritual and moral development of our children. And there's a great verse from the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6. And if you open your worship folder, uh, you'll see it there in kind of the sermon notes section. Let's just say it out loud together if you have your bulletin with you. Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6. It starts with the word train, if you see it there. Let's read that together. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not turn from it. I think that verse has created both a lot of comfort and a lot of heartache over the years for parents. Comfort in the sense that, wow, if I have a wayward child and we started them off on the right path, maybe they're going to come back around. But, but guilt sometimes for some parents who feel like, well, we, I thought we did train them up and here they aren't coming back. And I think there's some confusion over the nature of that verse. 
The book of Proverbs is called Proverbs because it's a collection of the sayings of the wise, primarily from this guy named Solomon, the king of Israel long ago, who collected or put together, under divine inspiration from the Holy Spirit, a collection of statements that were more often than not true. Solomon sort of looked at life and he said, I have observed, knowing what God's wisdom is, that more often than not, when people put God's wisdom into practice, they're going to come out on top. I've seen the odds and I've seen what happens if you, if you embrace God's wisdom and more often than not, these things come true. And so Solomon wrote those things down as Proverbs. Proverbs 22, verse 1, train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not turn from it, is a proverb. It's a saying of the wise. It's something that shows that more often than not, when God's wisdom is applied to child rearing, things come out great. Notice that this book of the Bible is called Proverbs, not Promises. Right? It's a book of the Bible called Proverbs, not Promises. We can all think of exceptions to that rule, can't we? Maybe even some of us in our own households can be like, I tried my best to train up a child in the way they should go, and they've gotten old, and they haven't returned to what I taught. Again, this is a book called Proverbs. It's more often than not. It's about Solomon looking at life and saying, if you want to play the odds that work out more often than not, if we train up children in the way they should go when they're young, the odd, the overwhelming odds are that when they're old, they won't turn from it. Those are the overwhelming odds. But if we do nothing, Solomon observed life. Like the people who don't train up their kids, the people who are passive, those who let kids just kind of make up their mind about whatever they want to have for their own worldview or what they're going to believe about spiritual things. He looked at life and he's like, people who tried to play those odds, not as good. Not as good. So he wrote down in his proverb, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't turn from it. And again, he's looking at life, playing the more often than not odds of seeing how people uh, do child rearing. That's what he saw. I want to share with you super quickly four things. Don't, don't be alarmed. I'm not going to like talk 15 minutes about four different things here. I'm going to super quick tell you four things from the Bible that relate to what it means to train up a child or to train a child in the way they should go. And they begin with four R's, okay? You can see them in your worship folder, but here they are. These are four biblical things about what it means to train up a child so that when they're old, they won't turn away from it. Relationship, role model, repetition, right and wrong. That last one's a bonus because the first one starts with R and the second one a W, but it's still kind of an R, right? So you got relationship, role model, repetition, right and wrong. Let's start with that first one, relationship. Our small group, our life group of young couples, young parents recently went through a study called It Starts at Home. And in that study, we learned the principle that the likelihood of a child growing up in a home where there is a strong relationship with their parents will more often than not embrace the values and the morals of that parent. That's the likelihood principle. If there's a strong relationship with that parent, they will embrace the values of that parent, for better or worse. So if we're holding to the values that God wants to have instilled and there's a strong relationship there, more often than not, that's what's going to be lived out over time. The Bible tells uh, parents in the New Testament, especially fathers, fathers don't exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training of the Lord. Don't exasperate them. Make sure that there is a strong relationship there. I was in a meeting uh, here at the church building a couple weeks ago with some people in the community, and one of the young ladies that was leaving that meeting was on her way. She's in her 20s and married. She was on her way to have lunch with her dad. And she said, 
once a month from the time that I was a little girl, my dad has invited me out for lunch and my, and my sisters as well, individually. So once a month, we all get to go out to lunch with dad. She's done that since she was a little girl and she still does it today in her 20s. She's married, lives in another town. They still find time to, to do lunch together, she and dad. Guess what? Dad's a follower of Jesus. That young lady is as well. Strong relationship, more often than not, leads to training up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't turn from it if that relationship is strong and good when you're trying to instill those values. Second one, role model. Relationship, role model. There are some things here that, that parents should never say to their kids because they're not super effective. One would be, uh, back in my day, if you start a statement with that, not super effective. Another statement that's not super effective, if you fall out of that tree and break both of your legs, don't come running to me. Like, that's not a super effective statement. Put down that stick or you'll poke your eye out. Most kids are probably like, Come on, Dad, Mom, I might poke my eye in, but I'm not going to poke my eye out with a stick. That would really take some doing, right? Another thing not super effective, do as I say, not as I do. That's the opposite of what the Lord wants us to do when we're training up children. Here, I want to show you something from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. This is right after God gave the Ten Commandments to the to people of Israel, and he told this to parents. I, I printed this in your worship folder as well. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Hey, parents, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. So when God wanted things to be passed along to children, he started with parents saying, make sure you're modeling these things yourselves. Make sure these things are in your heart. So relationship, if we're going to train up children in the way they should go, super important. Role model, repetition. Repetition, going th through things over and over and over again. Next verse in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, Hey parents, repeat these things to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Those of you that had children in Vacation Bible School this last week, I hope you were talking about things they learned here and you went over those things again and again. I hope you talk about things that they learn in Sunday School. I hope when you watch a movie together as a family that you're talking about how those things related to what's truth in God's word or perhaps not true in his word. I hope when you sit down to do a mealtime, you're talking through the things of the day and you're relating those things to your faith. I hope that you pray together in your home. I hope it's just as natural as breathing that you talk about your faith in Christ because those are the families, friends, again, more often than not, if you're training up a child in that kind of environment where it's just normal to talk about the things of God all the time and to repeat them over and over again, this is who we are, this is how we act, this is why, this is what God says. You're out on a walk, these are the things that God has made, these are the things that we know are true. If you're talking about those things again and again and again, again, if, you're, if you want to play the odds for how this works out right, that's how to do it. Repeat things over and over again. This is who we are. We're followers of Jesus. This is how life works. This is what God says again and again and again. And we want to be a church that equips you as parents and grandparents to be able to do that. All right, last R. This is a bonus one, right and wrong. So far we've talked about relationship, role model, repetition, right and wrong. This is a tricky one in today's day and age. 
Our kids are getting so many messages brought to them about relativism and different ways of thinking about things that are true, and so many things in society today are just assumed to be true that are quite contrary to what's in God's word. But yet when we instill discipline into our homes and in the the lives of our children, and we set loving limits for them, this is where our children begin to realize that there is such a thing as right and wrong. Here, I I wrote down a a verse here in my notes I want to read to you from the book of Proverbs as well. This one comes from Proverbs chapter 23, verses 13 and 14, where it says, Don't fail to correct your children. They won't die if you spank them. Physical discipline may well save them from death. Now, of course, no discipline should ever be meted out to a child when a parent is angry or when you're feeling emotionally out of control. And I do realize that among Christian parents, there's some, there's some different views about the whole spanking thing. That's fine. That's not what that verse is saying. What that verse is talking about is loving limits, correction, making sure that you're defining boundaries for your kids through at least time out or occasional grounding or something like that so that they realize there is such a thing as right, such a thing as wrong. It will guide them well on their way. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't turn from it. More often than not, Solomon says that's true. I've observed life. I've seen parents play the odds. Those are the ones that come out on top. And biblically, the way we do that is through things like relationship, role model, repetition, right and wrong. Some of you today might very well be some parents in pain, though. You might be hearing me talk about things like this, and they're like, Matthew, we did those things. We did try to do a strong relationship. We did try to role model for our kids. We did try to repeat things at home and teach right and wrong. And, and still, I have a child that's not walking with the Lord. And so you, you look at something like this in Proverbs and like, did we fail? Did we fail? We do want to sympathize with you today if you're somebody who feels like you're in pain over this. And I, I want to offer you this one last bit of encouragement. God is the only perfect parent. And friends, he has lots of wayward children. He has lots of wayward children. So if the only perfect parent in the world has some kids who just flat out chose free will and rejected him and he lives in pain, with pain in his heart every day over that, you're in good company with somebody who's feeling some of that same pain as well. But I also want you to remember what Proverbs 22.6 says about more often than not, when they're old, they will not turn from it. The game isn't over. The odds are still in your favor. No matter how old your kids are, lean into those four R's and pray like crazy. All right, I want to end here this morning by uh, recognizing our dads here on Father's Day because, dads, we have an incredibly important role in this whole notion of training up kids in the way they should go. I know a lot of dads. I have yet to meet one that feels like they are absolutely hitting it out of the park and they're stellar and they're doing things perfectly in every way. Dads, I feel like there, is, um, there are a lot of expectations placed on us for what we do. And quite honestly, a lot of us didn't, didn't get equipped right out of the gate to do this at a super high level. And we need each other. And we need our friends here at church around us to be able to keep encouraging us to do what we deeply want to do in our hearts. Book of Third John says, I have no greater joy than this to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And every Christian dad I know believes that with all his heart as well. So friends, what I want us to do today is I want us to deeply encourage dads here around us. Kind of past the whole COVID thing, so I'm going to ask us to actually kind of gather around people and put our hands on their shoulder today. I want every dad that's here under the tent and outside the tent, I want every dad right now to stand up, okay? 
every dad here. Dads, let's just go ahead and stand up. All right. Honor to whom honor is due. Let's give all of these dads a big thank you for their role. Thank you, dads. All right. Don't sit down yet, dads, because the next thing we're going to do, I want you, uh, if you are in the family or the household of one of these gentlemen, to walk over next to them and put your hand on their shoulder. So stand up and do that. And I want all of you who are near one of these gentlemen, not even part of their family, just walk over, find a dad, put your hand on their shoulder, and we're going to pray, okay? So gather around the dads and let's lift them up in prayer. Father in heaven, Thank you for these dads that are here today, and thank you for our families. We're grateful for dads. We realize dads are not perfect individuals, and we realize their, their role in our family is a pretty big one. So today we're praying, Father, that you encourage every father here, and that you use every, fam every family here to encourage the dad or the grandpa in that household. Father, I pray that us dads will will seek hard after your son, Jesus. And that we'll take seriously these four R's ourselves. that we'll keep building, no matter the age of our kids, strong relationships with them, that we'll model for them as best we can by your grace and the Holy Spirit in us to model what it means to be a, a grace-filled follower of Jesus. Please give us the, the discipline and the courage to repeat again in our household the truths of your word and the things that we know and that you've taught us. And help us to be good at setting those guardrails for what's right and what's wrong and, and sharing those things with grace and love and hope in our households as well. Father, I pray that there will be strong families here within First Christian Church. And I pray that that will be a blessing to this whole community and county and area in which we live. That we as strong families will carry uh, the message of Jesus and show the hope so that others may know him as well. Thank you for this time that we've had to worship here today, Father, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's hear it again for all our dads. Thank you, dads, and happy Father's Day. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at fccwarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com.